You lay upon the ground. Broken. You've seen it too many times before. Never did you think it would happen to you. The once distant and cowardly sound of scurrying is now close and confident. You've gone too far. You knew you couldn't live the quiet life. Your loyal, clumsy beast would never allow it. And living among the civilized was even less realistic. But now you, in your last moments of life, wonder how it is that it came to hopping between planes, let alone spheres. <laughs> your old self would have laughed at the very thought of the possibility. But somehow your beastly, ungainly companion connected you with a much, much wider world. And as that skittering comes closer, you see the gray beast hovering over you, staring at you, without a whit of recognition. Its mind is not its own. It can't be. This can't be. But it is. The dippity-tap of spindly legs stops beside you, and you peek one last peek at a face not unlike the eels you used to catch in the lake as a child. It doesn't smile. Not in the way you used to think eels looked like they do, with their awkwardly long corners of mouth. Wow. Even your thoughts are starting to form poor sentences. That barely made sense. Just close your eyes. That heavy palm, no longer a comforting blanket, but bent to the will of another, into a comforting, crushing release. Hey there, creatures, and welcome to Encounter This, a podcast exploration of the creatures from Dungeons and & Dragons and the lore that surrounds them. Hello there, creatures, and welcome to another episode of Encounter This. I am your host, James, the Great Old Master, and with me, as always, is Freeman Hungry Arms Eisten. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce Buffer. <laughs> yeah. We've been uh, we we just finished a rewatch of all all of the Rocky movies, and I mean all of them. I think there's seven. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, today we're not going to be going through that. We are going to be going on a meander through the Nigoi. I think is how that's pronounced. No, or Niogi. 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 You put the and O in you, the wrong spot. Right. <laughs> And if you would like to follow along, you can do so on Volo's Guide to Monsters on page 179 and 180. The old two-pager here, eh, bud? Ooh, two-page creature! Woo, fancy! Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not really. Uh, we have more than one stat block to cover. Um, but that's uh, that's the that's the only reason why, really. Uh, yeah, Niogi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, got me all excited there. <clears throat> um... 
yep, these creatures are kind of neat, kind of weird, um, and inspired by the previous creature I covered, the Grey Render. Uh, some of you might remember. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you will, if you're not following along, um, but maybe you're watching, I would like, I would like you to uh, imagine a big spider, but it's got the neck and head of an eel, of all things. <laughs> uh, yep, that's uh, that's what I said. That's that's how it's okay. described. Uh, uh, I'm going to throw up the 5e image, I yep. guess. Content. Might as well do that right away. <laughs> there you go. Spider with an eel neck and head. Sort of. Right. It is a lot furrier than I expected it to be. Yep. Yeah, it's a hairy spider. It's definitely, definitely a hairy spider. Um, I would like to point out one really tiny thing. I learned a new word when just uh, when researching this creature because in Volo's guide, it uses the wording. It doesn't use the wording. Uh, the wording of big spider. It says it calls it an outsize spider, which just means large. But outsize is a word apparently. Okay. And I just I have heard that before. Kind of neat. Yeah, I just that's yeah. New to me. I always assumed it meant outside of the usual classification. Yeah, I, I yeah I get that totally get it yeah um but uh, yeah just never never came across that one before they <laughs> someone slipped that in um so if you take this spider eel or spiel lighter if you will um and give nah. it the <laughs> I knew you'd say no <laughs> you don't uh, make a portmanteau by sandwiching it inside of the word I do what I want. <laughs> I'll make a poor a a, a, a pom morto. How about that? Take that. Uh, uh, you know what? That feels that feels right. <laughs> so, so take this this creature and give it the power to poison both body and mind, and uh, using that to subjugate enemies that are otherwise more physically powerful than them, and you have a neogi. Uh, which more or less means they are as evil as they come. Uh, they are big old meanies of the slaver persuasion, and they are not opposed to enslaving even the weakest of their own. So, uh, yep, that's what that's what they do. That's what they do. Uh, cool. I love that. They, I don't know if they're they're not quite wearing armor in that picture, but um, <laughs> it looks like some sort of weird back spider tabard or something. You yeah, it's like almost like bits. barding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're really interesting. Um, go on to one of the other ones. Uh, I think we have one with 3E as well. There it is. Mm. Oh, yeah, similar little barding on it, too. Uh, or a little tabard or whatever. Um, uh, this one three. looks like he's wearing a blanket. He's got a fanny pack on. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely got a, he's got a I'm assuming fanny gender pack of holding, I assume. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It's a similar look, but like somehow very starkly different at the same time, eh? Yeah, and a really flat thorax too. Is mm. it thorax? Is that what they're called? Is that don't, is that don't parts remember. of spider? Maybe. Parts of spider one hundred and one. <laughs> Maybe right in. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, we have one from second edition as well, I think, and it's weird. Um, it's kind of like old. Uh, yeah, see, kind of it's got a jab of the hop vibe almost. <laughs> This Jeez. reminds me a lot of Mojo. I don't know if you remember the, uh, that character from the X-Men universe. Oh, maybe. Because it was reminding me of something, but I couldn't think of what it was. 
Yeah, it's like um, it's uh, they they run a TV planet called Mojoverse. Yeah, and they're just like this yellow thing on like this metal scorpion body. Okay, <laughs> you know what the face in this one reminds me of is the uh the shrunken weird shrunken heads of the Goombas from the live action Mario Brothers film. <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. A really messed up idea. Um. So these strange looking things uh, basically originate from what is described as far flung territories of the material plane. And, and they are believed to at one point have abandoned their home to enslave creatures across different realms and planes. Uh, so uh, as a result, they could actually be found in the Feywild, in the Shadowfell, and even the astral and ethereal planes, as well as the prime material plane, as it were. Um and uh, their original foray into this was it saw them enslave um, specifically Umber Hulks, which we covered in episode 41 a while back now. And uh, they assimilated Umber Hulks into their uh, sort of um, community culture, I guess, uh, as manual labors. And then they designed and built sleek, spidery, plane traversing vessels. And uh, once they started journeying, uh, they met aberrant entities along the way. And then the entities, uh, or sorry, these entities, uh, they, they looked like um, stars and were apparent embodiments of evil. And they basically formed pacts with these entities uh, and were granted magic through them. Um, some of them were known by a few names, uh, such as Akamar, Kaifon, Gibbeth, and one that's quite familiar to probably a lot of 5e players is Hadar, um, which is where the names of a couple spells come from, the Arms of Hadar and Hunger of Adar. Oh, uh, so they're not one of the seven. Hadar isn't one of the seven. No, it's, it, uh, they are basically, they're one of the, like, basically elder evils from, oh, okay. from space, from the, you know, the wild space. I believe it or not based on my the episode that i'm currently researching i am very familiar with the elder evils oh yeah okay <laughs> oh, that's fun yeah. all right <laughs> interesting yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i didn't Spoilers really get into for, them here uh, so i'm glad that's uh, on your list of duties I, <laughs> I i didn't really get into them okay. either but i read them uh we'll we'll touch on one next episode maybe okay. maybe the listeners can guess cool um if if you're uh, if you're if you're in the Discord uh, in the in the episode discussion, uh, throw up throw up a guess. Um, that's unchartednorth.com backslash discord, and that'll get you direct access to that. Take a stab in the dark, as it were. Um, so the the yogi um, are basically thought to have uh, a, a mind that is effectively unfathomable. Um, and it has the ability to control other minds to a degree. And since this ability is actually is super innate, they actually deem it to be entirely appropriate to do so. Um, so this raises a sort of interesting question I found um, uh, on why and how they are evil. Uh, so the Yoki actually do not distinguish individuality, even among their own kind. The only thing that separates... Uh, is the ability to control others or not. And so, and that level of control, that level of power to control is the only thing that divides them. So they find the concept of hatred as foreign as love and they do not comprehend emotions 
uh, experienced by most other races or ancestries at all. They do not okay. do not feel them, do not experience them, they do not understand them. They just control. Um, and of course, base faring spider like eyes to die. Got it. Basically, <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, so um, even loyalty without authority is something they consider to be unthinkable and completely foolish. So uh, the, there seems to be only power and its use over others in their sort of, you know, structure of how they operate. Um, they live about the same length as humans, so not terribly long, all things considered. And uh, they actually experience the same results of aging. So when a Niyogi grows older, they become weaker, and it is eventually overpowered by young Niyogi and injected with a special poison. And the poison transforms the old Niyogi into a bloated mass of flesh, which we actually uh, have a picture of, called uh, a Great Old Master. Um, I bet you thought that was going to be... Oh, actually, sorry, I, I gave you the wrong order on those pictures, didn't I? That's a cool one where they're just coming at some elves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Um, actually, didn't know where to put that one. Yeah, there you go. There's your great old master. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I bet you thought that was a compliment when you when I give you the nickname. It's not. You're a big old bloated mass of flesh, James, that uh, gets I mean, devoured by little hatchlings. Not, it's not untrue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they basically lay eggs uh, atop the the uh, dying old bloated poisoned Neogi and. Um, then the hatchlings eventually uh, hatch, um, obviously. And then uh, the, they basically eat the old master. Uh, and then they even eat each other. So it's really only the strongest survive kind of scenario. And Gross. the hatchlings that survive are then controlled, deliberately controlled by an adult and taught how the Neogi society works. And they must prove their place within it. Uh, their training of mastery over others starts with learning to control a young Umber Hulk. Um, so they have a pretty cyclical kind of uh, nature and strategy to their whole thing. I mean, it sounds like Western society, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it ain't far off, is it? Uh, you're, you're born, you're sent to a boarding school or to, to a public <laughs> school where they indoctrinate you into our way of thinking. And... Yep. Um, For the record, I'm not actually that much of a conspiracy theorist, but I, there, I do every parallels. now and again think it's there's interesting to point out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I literally learned some stuff in school, school that system. I've now realized are definitely not true and not right. Um, yeah, or but, highly uh, problematic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially the things that they avoided, <laughs> of all things. Also, but uh, yeah. so um, once a yogi reaches adulthood, it uh, must find their place and mark themselves and their slaves. And they do this with dyes, transformational magic, and tattoos. And these, these marks uh, represent a combination of rank, achievements, and ownership. Uh, these also mark whether or not an yogi uh, or its slave must defer to one of a higher station uh, at risk of severe punishments. So the marks, you know, show who you are in many forms, up to and including whether or not you serve another and who serves you and so on and so forth and what, what, you've, what you've managed to accomplish. From what um, I know about the the time of the colonies, this sounds exactly like that. Yep, sounds about right. Um, we have a nice quote from Volo. Uh, it says, "Damn ill spiders want to enslave us all, and no, they don't taste good." <laughs> <laughs> 
Sometimes I forget that Volo is a beholder. <laughs> and then I see quotes like that. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that feels right. Uh, so funny. Um, so that's pretty much it for the 5e lore. Um, uh, but we get a little we get a little extra from you old Forgotten Realms wiki across a few sources. Uh, in particular, there's a, a second edition book called Under the Dark Fist that gives a Neogi proverb. Uh, which is uh, not terribly inventive, but I think it's kind of funny. Uh, it says, uh, the enemy of my enemy is my enemy. <laughs> so uh, they don't really make friends with anyone <laughs> at all. Uh, they are virtually hated among all known crystal spheres upon the, the prime material plane. Um, crystal spheres, listeners might why. remember from our Wild Space excerpt episode. <laughs> um, uh, so expanding slightly on their hierarchy... It's actually completely common for a Neogi to own its own slaves, but also consider itself the property of superior. So, you know, just specifying that, we sort of covered it. Uh, but a good example of this would be a, a, a ship captain. So uh, someone on the ship, a, a, a crew member of the ship, could very well have its own slaves, but would consider itself the property of the captain of the ship. Um, and most slaves were also considered uh, less than an Umberhulk. So, um, and usually a little more than food. So... An Umberhulk is like, you know, if there was to be a, a top-level slave in this scenario, um, it would be them, no matter what. Though, I know, because I thought, uh, uh, because I, I did this because of the reference that I found in Grey Renders, I thought there would be a little bit more on Grey Renders and their their connection with uh, the Niyogi, but there basically isn't. It, it simply stated that they're commonly seen together, and I assume as common as Grey Renders are, which aren't very, uh, for what we covered. Um, but I, I, I like to think that maybe, say I like to think this whole slavery thing, obviously, is very problematic. Uh, but uh, I, 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 I think that's maybe, not a caveat we I, need to make. Yeah, we, yeah. We are not pro-slavery. I, I think maybe Grey Renders are one of the few exceptions that, that seems to be implied there are some uh, that they fit alongside the Umberhawks within that slave hierarchy. Perhaps they are uh, considered, you know, especially in their rarity and strength, you know. Probably, yeah, probably Equal above if I'm remembering for, my for CRs lack of a better correctly. word. Yeah, <laughs> um, there was also uh, speculation that the Yogi created Grey Renders, um, which I think we we referenced, but uh, I found nothing more on that either. So how and where and you know the circumstances in which that might have happened, no idea. Um, so so much for inspiration. <laughs> Just leaving us hanging, Woo-hoo. wizards. Yeah. Um, now, uh, the, the Yogi are considered a trader race um, among the Crystal Spheres. So as in they love to conduct trade, um, but only to a point. Trading occurs only when they feel they are not in a position to simply take. Uh, so those who trade with the Yogi are often the most desperate since there is always a risk of being enslaved during the trade process um, via this whole mind enslavement thing. And, uh, <laughs> however, they also did manage, they, they, they actually seem to manage a, to fit a, a unique pocket in trade in that they were capable of traveling through extremely harsh conditions and often would and could deal with races and groups that were extremely hostile. So that kind of, um, sometimes would mean they would get some pretty rare commodities in their possession that might lure people in, um, cause they would set up camp like near mind flayer colonies or drow cities or some such where a lot of people would not um and uh yeah so 
Uh, but they are very, very cautious in both trade and combat, uh, choosing not to engage in either unless significant profit or gain was somewhere on the horizon. Um, very, very skittish creatures. They are not... Um, uh, they look, they look, uh, I think, a little bit more fearsome than they are. They are physically not very capable, um, which we'll get to. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Uh, because like, if you look at this 5e one here, like you can see that there's a little hashings there and there's a mid-sized one and there's a larger size one and that scaling is all appropriate, but you don't get the scale of them compared to, you know, say a human or a half leg or anything like that. So right. um, they're not quite I as am large as they might to see. Find out. Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I, that's that's one thing I've been very curious about since I've seen the, the, hmm. the arachnoidal bodies. Hmm. I think I just made so, that word up, but I'm, I'm not all <laughs> Arachnoidal? <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, uh, now, because uh, because of all of this, you can imagine that should should Niyoki, um, you know, settle near uh, a more um, peaceful uh, community or group of communities, uh, they would have a tendency to band together to just try and destroy said settlement or trade post or what have you, um, at great risk to themselves, but knowing that something worse could be on the horizon. So that that was a. Uh, uh, a common enough occurrence as well, banding together to to rid a space of of these creatures. Um, so because they're not physically powerful, uh, slaves like the Umber Hulks were often used to weaken an enemy force, uh, and and then um, once the force was weakened, they would um, perhaps engage at that point. And they have unique poisons that that could be delivered through bite or via weapons. Um, weapons, I I believe, are you know w wielded by things like Umber Hulks or some such. Um, not to mention, of course, the ability to enslave minds. Um, uh, so that, that's sort of their approach. Send in the, the war fodder, <laughs> Umber Hulks, basically, and then, um, mop up the scraps if they can. Uh, and so their, their whole traveling around and like getting all of these different reaches and stuff is through a, uh, a spell jammer ship, which you might've expected since we're talking a bit in the wilds of space. Um, and I'm pretty sure we mentioned this in the Wilds of Space episode. Uh, and uh, one of the Spelljammers is known as a Death Spider, which we have an image of. Um, and I'm pretty sure we we posted we posted that on the Instagram at some point already. And uh, that's that's their main um, uh, mode of travel is on one of those. They also had uh, a less common lighter ship known as a Mind Spider. Uh, but um, yeah, the these ships, though, uh, were unique among other spelljammers in that they didn't just travel through the, was it the phlogiston of the wild space, but they could actually travel between planes as well, which is why we find them elsewhere. Um, and um, gotcha. because of that and because of the travel and stuff, they basically were known to actually quite frequently hunt Githyanki and Jin vessels. And, um, and they had a unique... Um, uh, feature to agree well uh, it's kind of a mysterious one basically if you remember that uh, spell jammers need what's called a spell jamming helm just like this sort of magical throne uh, in order to like control them and steer them and navigate them um, and um, those were m mostly if not solely sourced by um, a race known as the arcane or the mercane which i believe we covered as well and uh, but the Niyogi either acquired their helms elsewhere because the Arcane have never, um, you know, dealt with them in that regard, or 
they have found a way to control their spell gemmers without uh, a helm. Uh, but no one really quite knows what the answer is. Oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, and for audio listeners, it looks like a four-legged insect with a bright red abdomen That's I'm assuming is the living quarters. Yeah. Uh, and it's got like webbing that it looks like it's using as like a solar mass. Yeah, they're like um, sails, like a solar sail or something. Because um, all spell jammers yeah. kind of use a sail to some degree as well. I'm pretty sure. So it's uh, it's unnecessarily spider shaped. <laughs> well, I don't even know point. if we can call it. I guess uh, I guess it is. I guess it does have eight legs. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, it doesn't uh, look very I mean, aerodynamic. That's no. for damn sure. But I don't think that's the goal either. The phlogiston is a weird thing. That's the part. That's the thing you got to travel on, and it's you know in or through or some such, and it's very volatile. Um, yeah, I think it's based around the concept of an ether. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, since they're traveling through the wild space, of course, they form packs with elder evils. Um, and uh, this is very much in the same um, genre, I guess, of, uh, of what you would get from a warlock uh in 5e so they use uh their use of magic usually covered things like poisonous and venomous attacks or use of fear and domination identifying strengths and potential slaves um these were sort of covered a little more detail in the Forgotten realms wiki but it was all you know like 2e and 3e stuff i didn't want to get too far into it um like you know spells that basically aren't uh applicable anymore um at least not raw and um they they apparently did sometimes uh, know a a rare necromantic ritual that uh, in which they could create undead umber hulks by fusing multiple dead bodies together, uh, but there wasn't really anything more on that. And Love uh, that. yeah, <laughs> and so uh, they they were not pious creatures, um, but they so they didn't they didn't offer prayers to their deities or these elder evils or anything. Um, and uh, basically, uh, the only thing really was, for some reason, they would get really offended if you spoke a deity or a patron's name incorrectly. Um, and it was considered quite sacrilegious and resulted in a slow, painful death uh, simply by mis mispronouncing. So better not to say them. Um, but speaking of saying them, I'm going to go down the Neogi religious pantheon. <laughs> Good luck. I, I see like two <laughs> vowels in all ten of these words. I think we've got Kajgzilksol. Nailed it. Uh, the, de the dead god of creation. There's uh, Kilix. Oh, that was easy. The chaotic, ever, e the chaotic evil lesser god of death, murder, and poison. Uh, Kurtix. Uh, chaotic evil lesser god of war, brutality, and strength. Pick... <laughs> You're throwing vowels in there, man. A lawful ether. I can't say I can't say evil and lesser in a row for some reason. A lawful evil lesser god of fear and tyranny. Uh Thrigki. Uh a neutral evil lesser god of love, in quotations, actually more like envy and jealousy in human terms. No, I no idea why it's listed that way. And then there's Tzenkil, a neutral, evil, lesser god of torture, pain, and suffering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
nicely done. Uh, those, I await uh, my those slow and painful death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those will all be available on an encounterlist.ca. You can click the big button at the top for the show notes and you can see how all these are spelt. Uh, poorly is, is the best way to describe <laughs> yeah. it. It's just, this is some Lovecraftian Cthulhu kind of spelling yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is appropriate for the old Elder Evils. Uh, but yeah, yeah that's uh, that's it for the old lore. Obviously, no IRL parallels here. At least none that I know of. No, um, you couldn't find any uh, <laughs> any real world that these giant space seal spiders were based on. Nope. But what I did do is start a wiki page for the Spielider. Smart. <laughs> it's coming it's only a matter of time uh okay and uh we're just gonna jump to a quick break and we will be right back with the mechanics and we are back and freeman mm-hmm. is gonna tell us how these things work how how am do Nagoi, ni, Niyogi work? <laughs> uh, the Niyogi are pretty straightforward. Uh, we're going to start with the lowest CR, which is the Niyogi Hatchling. They've gone ahead and made oh, a Oh, there's actually platform. stats for that. Yep. Okay. Um, so they are a CR 1-8, so I'm not sure why they bothered. Uh, <laughs> is that the first 1-8 we've covered? Um, I don't know. I I'm sure we've covered a one quarter. Um, yeah, we've covered a know. bunch of one quarters, but one eighths are normally like reserved for like a hawk, right? A dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These things are they're tiny in size. They only have seven HP. They move across land, but they can also climb at the rate of twenty feet. Their AC of eleven. They're aberrations, uh, and uh, they are uh, lawful evil from birth, apparently. Um, but. I guess the innate sense to them. Um, that's that's the indoctrination talking. That's, yeah, that's that's the <laughs> the, the Yogi cult. Yeah, uh, dark vision, sixty feet. Uh, I've got some stats here that are pretty shabby. They have really weak in strength, like a minus four. They have deep, reasonable decks for that. For you know, for thirteen with a plus one. Um, Wiz is ten, Con is ten, Intelligence, Charisma in the, in the negatives. They're babies. Um, but they do have uh, some of their innate things right away. So mental fortitude is the first ability. Um, and it basically gives them an uh, advantage uh, against uh, charmed or frightened effects. And they cannot be put to sleep by magic. Oh. Um, okay. Which is very reminiscent of elves, I believe. Um, yeah. And then they have spider climb. So they can make those those climbs across difficult services without needing to do a check. Uh, and they have a little tiny bite attack, a um, little plus three to hit. I did notice one thing. I almost glossed over it, uh, but it has a five foot reach, which is not usually the case with a tiny creature. Usually it's a, a zero foot reach. You have to be occupied in the same square, but this seems to be not the case for some reason. It's got that uh, goofy ass giraffe neck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, they do one a little 1d4 plus one piercing, but they also manage to do 2d6 poison on top of it if they bite. Jesus. So it's uh, pretty hefty for one eighth, I think. Uh, there's also a, a DC ten, wow, DC ten con uh, save or be poisoned for one minute. Saving throw repeats okay. at the end of your turn should you happen to be poisoned. Just the standard poison condition. 
yeah just like basically get okay. advantage, yeah. disadvantage on shit yeah yeah, um, I know that's one of the ones we find variants of way too often. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's the hashling. Very, very civil straightforward. Actually kind of packs a little punch for its CR, but um, that's kind of the shtick is the, the you know, they have this this mind thing and, and this poison that they can uh, uh, fuck you up with. So, yeah, of course, poison is no joke. No, no, sometimes it's not. It's really hard to find resistances and stuff to to poison. Yeah, um, just as a reminder to our listeners, it's a disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you're fighting a swarm of these things. They could really, they could gimpy a little bit in a, in a scary way, even if you're taking yeah, them out in one hit. At no point does it say it's immune on a success, or at least in your notes here. It doesn't. Oh, no. It, it, yeah, you, you, oh, no, it's not. Yeah, there's no immunity, but you overcome the effect should you succeed within that minute but if you can yeah, fit again that's yeah you're, yeah you're that's cool again. i mean if you're fighting a swarm you're, you're gonna get a bunch of these guys yeah and, you know yeah. 17 damage like maxing out 17 on a cr 1 8 like that's, <laughs> that's all right yeah. a lot of these creatures just do one damage if i'm not yeah. mistaken like they just have a flat one <laughs> um uh, then we have the neogi itself the basic one the adult neogi you might call it um it uh it's just we're up to a cr3 here so sizable jump still a rather low cr though yeah um, that's kind of not where for, i expected these things yeah i was hoping they'd be a bit higher but um hp of 33 uh land speed and the climb speed goes up from 20 to 30 they have an ac of 15 this is where it specifies natural armor it did not specify at all for the hatchling i'm not sure why um and uh, the size goes up from tiny to small. Still an aberration, still lawful evil. Uh, they now gain languages. The hatchlings have none, so they can speak common, deep speech, and undercommon. They get a little boost to uh, intimidation and perception. Um, so with the boost of perception, they get a passive perception, unlike the hatchling. And uh, yeah, they just have a basic boost to all the stats. Um, uh, strength being the one that less... is not great at all. <laughs> We're still yeah. at a six with a minus two. They are weak creatures these are much less frightening knowing that they're small uh yeah <laughs> right <laughs> like i was saying that that image doesn't really do it justice <clears throat> um no they have the same abilities metal forward and spider climb um they do get multi-attack so you get one bite and one claw the bite works the same it's uh plus five to hit though uh 1d6 plus three with 46 poison and then in the con save is up to 12 from 10 um the claw is also a plus five to hit and a 2d4 uh, plus three slashing i mean that that bite's still no joke it's not a joke <laughs> it's true 5d6 plus yeah. three 30 33 mm. plus i don't know what the average save. i don't know what the average to hit is at that level really anymore but uh plus five seems low but i don't think they're i don't think it's calculated with strength it's being calculated with its decks for sure um yeah this would be dex and their proficiency bonus which would be a plus two at this level so mm. yeah yeah um makes sense five doesn't feel like that high but it, it does feel pretty high for yeah. third level. i definitely i definitely have pathfinder bonuses in my head these days though so <laughs> like fair enough by level three it's definitely higher than that in pathfinder um but uh, Enslave is the uh, other thing that they also gain now. And this re recharges. So this seems to be like a once, one-time use to recharge in a shorter or long rest. 
Uh, and the, it's got to be against a target within sight of 30 feet. Um, and there's a DC 14 wisdom save. Uh, or you become magically charmed for one day. Or then the Yogi dies. Or you are separated by more than a mile. Uh, if you fail, you're charmed. And you must obey the Yogi's commands. Uh, can, you can communicate with the Yogi telepathically. And you cannot take reactions. If you take damage, you repeat the saving throw. Plain and simple. And that's it. Okay. The adult Neogi. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I mean, Charmed isn't terrible, but it's not It's not great. Right. And uh, um, I guess, like, I, I always forget how the Charmed condition works specifically. Um, I know, like... There's like there's a difference between like you know casting charm person and then like uh like what control or or dominate person you dominate yeah yeah um, um so charmed this... creature can attack the charmer uh and the charmer has advantage on ability checks to socially interact with the charmed okay so it's not like these creatures are under your spell this, right. this isn't like a vampiric thrall like you still know what's up you just i mean maybe you don't know what's up well here's but. the thing is that it, sp- it says you're charmed for one day so you get those effects however in addition it says you must obey the yogi's commands so oh, okay so there, it's, there's the it's borderline right there. dominant person at that point and there's yeah. nothing that says like it, you know the usual um if you are given a command that would be against your nature or you know put yourself at risk um that you would repeat the saving throw doesn't say that at all yeah you only repeat That's it fair. when you take some damage so it it seems pretty powerful especially for this level um but you're you know i guess you're likely to put your uh the counter to that is like you know if they want to try and get you to kill your allies or, or what have you or like you know, do damage to yourself. Like you're 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 likely to shake out of it. What they really want yeah. is to just avoid conflict altogether, right? Create a, a scenario in which it's uh it's scary and no one wants to do anything. They don't want to hurt their ally, or whatever. But the Neogi gets to walk away with that person. Right, right. So I mean, if it were me, I'd be running. If it's a four person party, I'm running five of these. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Of course you are. <laughs> I want that whole party enslaved. <laughs> we have uh, one more stat block too. Um, it's called the Neogi Master. It goes Did up by one CR to four. Uh, HP goes to 71. Land and uh, climb speed are the same. AC is the same. Uh, increases to medium size. So this is where we see our three sizes in the 5 ER. Uh, everything is the same. Languages though does add uh, general telepathy up to 30 feet. Uh, they get more to their skills, including Arcana, Deception, uh, and Persuasion, um, in addition to the previous stuff, higher bonuses. They also gain Dark Vision 120 feet. That penetrates Magical Darkness. Um, That's cool. I dig yeah. that. Stats rise some more. Intelligence goes up quite a bit. They're at a plus D there. That Now they have a Mad Crease in Charisma as well. They're a plus four. Uh, strength is still really weak. Um, they have everything, and I mean everything else, is the exact same, even though they're a CR up. So the two hits, the damages, the DCs, all the same um, as the adult. The only addition uh, beyond that is that they are spellcasters. James's favorite. Uh, cool. Yeah. So they are considered seventh level spellcasters, and they effectively work like warlocks. Uh, so they uh, use charisma. They have a DC 14 plus six to hit. They're getting spell slots at a shorter long rest, warlock style. Um, and they have a few cantrips, 
Um, specifically, they have Eldritch Blast, which um, has uh, for these creatures only as a 300 foot range, as opposed to the usual usual 120 foot. And they there's, also get a um, plus four damage bonus to it for whatever yeah, reason. There, there, there's a warlock thing where it's like, um, it's not a feat. I, I It's been so oh, long since yeah, I played a I warlock. Oh, yeah, I know. It's like one of the packed things that they get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they, they can do that with one of those packed things oh, okay. they get. Yeah, so. to increase the range to 300 feet. Cool. Uh, beyond that, like they've got like guidance, mage hand, minor illusion, prestidigitation, vicious mockery, all stuff you'd expect, especially with them like trying to like manipulate uh, slaves and, and whatnot and trick people. Uh, and then they have, they basically have uh, spells from first to fourth level, but they only have like warlocks. They have two fourth level slots to spend. That's it. Everything is automatically heightened way up to the top slot. Um, and the things that stand out uh, are um, the arms of Hadar and hunger of Hadar. Um, the these spells named after the uh, old evil one. Um, Arms of Adar is a cool one. It's like a, it's like a ten foot, like radius around you where these like black tentacles shoot out and hit everybody. Um, and they're casting yep. that fourth level, which I believe ends up doing like five d six, in like a radius to everyone, which is pretty gnarly. Um, yeah, they also have uh, Hunger of Hadar, which is like a, this weird like. I think it's like one of those, it's like a tw- yeah, 20 foot radius sphere of blackness and bitter cold. So it's like this inverted flaming sphere thing. Um, does cold damage uh, and um, people would use dexterity save against it. Yada, yada, yada. I think they, oh, they or they take more like acid damage as well. Um, and they can blind people within the sphere. So it's a pretty gnarly spell. They've also got Counterspell, yeah. Dimension Door, Fear, Hold Person, Invisibility, Unseen Servant, all all the sorts of things you'd, you'd expect again from this uh, this theme, as it were. Yeah. So, I mean, normally I hate spellcasters, but honestly, this isn't too bad. This is one of the few lists we see where all of the spells are like very precisely thematic, and I mm-hmm. dig. The only one that doesn't drive with me is Fear. I understand why it's there, but mm-hmm. I don't really think it really fits these creatures. Yeah. Well, I think fear, uh, I mean, what does fear do as a spell uh, is is probably the main question because if it reduces in any way their ability to make certain saves, you can see how it could be advantageous for them to try to enslave someone. Um, and on the other hand, if it simply just makes people run away, it's like an inverted oh shit button. Like, I'm going to get my that's... ass kicked. I should make them run so that I can run the other direction, you know? Yeah, that's that's what it is. It, it, it It's a runaway spell. So it's it, it makes sense as an escape tactic for these these creatures in a, in a way uh, because they don't really want any physical confrontations if they can help it. Yeah, again, I get it. It just it it feels weird on that list. Like it, mm-hmm. so does invisibility, but for whatever reason that doesn't that doesn't feel as weird to me. Yeah. Um, but I again I get why it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm always here for dimension door and counter spells. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's the that's the Niyoki. Um that, that that's them. They uh I don't know. I don't know. I think they're okay. I think they're kind of interesting. I, I guess I, I I think they're interesting in, you know, you know, in the fact that we're dipping back into the wild space a bit. I, I like the wilds of space stuff a bit and uh I know the Spelljammer book did come out a little while ago, but I I've not, I've not really read it. Um I always wanted more in that that sort of setting, but uh, it was just, you know, there's no 
hasn't really been any time or dedication for it lately. But um, I, I, I do love like digging into that, like, you know, the pseudo spacefaring kind of trade that's not sci-fi, but like borderline in a way. And uh, it's definitely science fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think they're kind of neat. I think they have a, a, a weird little niche. I don't I just don't see them as like I see them as a step along the way in a campaign. I don't see them as an overarching villain, you know, um, something yeah. you if you're going if you're going for that, a uh, uh, lifted enclave, um, you might come across these along the way kind of thing and have a bit of a skirmish with them or maybe trade or or both. Um, but, you know, right. they they don't really seem to hold a lot of sway from you know what i would do with the story yeah yeah i hear you um i i think it would be kind of cool to introduce them early and mm-hmm. then bring them back as like a swarm yeah like you know you, you fight a cr3 when you're second level or whatever but it's just a single one you know outside of wherever wherever you're going whatever MacGuffin your your party's after mm-hmm but then, like, like level six or seven, when the party thinks they're good, just just throw, like, five or six of these, the, the regular ones, at them yeah. and just see what happens. Just watch the chaos ensue. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't go your way, you can always just have more of them climb over the ridge. Or, you know, if it does go your way, they just retreat because that's in their nature. I think these are, these are, these are a very versatile tool for a GM who wants to experiment with recurring enemies. Yeah. Um, if it's you're in the right campaign, certainly worth remembering that they are very likely to come with not just slaves, but umber hulks, which are CR five. Um, and then the odd one coming in with the gray render, which was what CR like 11 or nine or something. I can't remember already, but yeah, you know, that, that, that could prove a real threat, um, for, you know, after the initial introduction and then bringing them back later. And I see no reason why, you know, if, especially if, you know, someone likes playing a spellcaster NPC or creature. Like, there's no reason why you can't increase that pat the power of that of that uh, Niyogi master to something else, and just like have it a more strong sort of version of a warlock. Like, continue down that warlock path and and build that up, and like have them be some sort of like you know um, scion of Hadar or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or tie them into other like greater aberrations if mm-hmm. if you really want like maybe okay ask me again at the end of my episode um, <laughs> so i i have i have a tie for this but i, I really okay. don't want to give away the next episode okay, sure because <laughs> um, i i'm really i'm really excited about it but i think my creature could tie in as like the bigger boss right okay because i was thinking like you know these these levels of of um you're giving quite the hint there <laughs> i love it i know, uh, I know. the uh because the, the, le- the i like the way they describe there's these always these levels of like the hierarchy amongst the the slavery including amongst their own community you know you you i my brain immediately goes to like a pretty wide spread of power um but with these stat blocks we get a pretty small one um so there's yeah, gotta be for sure more. there's gotta be something's gotta give well so uh, y- you think they're small, but they're also like, if you've got two or three of these things running around the battlefield, mm-hmm. they would be very solid, specifically the masters, mm-hmm. um, blasters and controllers. Like if you've got, you know, a gray render sitting at your back lines and you're just holding the line with Eldritch Blast, 
one of them throws up a dimension door and all of a sudden that gray render is behind your your the enemy lines <laughs> and you've got them on two fronts so yeah. like there, there's a lot of potential for these creatures and obviously think outside the box too like i don't know mind flare like there's no reason they couldn't have a weaker mind flare under their thrall yeah excuse me but it doesn't just have to be star jammer creatures these these could be your way into running any creature in any campaign mm-hmm. you know like if if you've got something that you've got your heart set on that doesn't fit in your setting or the game you're running these creatures make it fit they travel through they trade and they could just have one of those creatures in their possession in their thrall maybe that's what they're trading maybe that's not what they're trading maybe right maybe that's what they're using as as their big bad like yeah with the right campaign and the right mindset again there's a lot of versatility to these creatures i don't like them i'm not gonna run them they don't interest yeah. <laughs> me at all but i think it'd be kind of con- like the bones interest yeah. me if you had like an if you're doing an underdark campaign or something like that it would be really i think neat to um the, you know say someone dies you always have to find a way to introduce a new character like they come across like this is a very simple use of this creature like come across uh you know uh a small trading group of Miyogi and you, you know, the, the party attacks them and frees the slaves. And one of those slaves just happens to be the player's new character, you know, uh, that, that caught in the wrong place. It's just like a simple, like yeah. reintroducing of a new character, like stuff like that. I think that would be kind of fun. Well, and it also opens up your options for PCs, you know, they could be a mm-hmm. gif, they could be a gif, they could right. be, you know, it could be from, from anywhere in the wilds of space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could be something really so if gnarly. If you've got yeah. a player who wants to play something batshit insane, here's, <laughs> here's your in. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be something else. Or even pre campaign. You know, you're you're a gif, but you were, you escaped the, the Neogi's thrall while you were on Abertoral. And that's how you became an adventuring person because mm-hmm. obviously you don't fit in anywhere. So you might as well just. Uh, you know, lone lone wolf and cub it across the countryside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all in all, uh, I think I would just add, you know, I would add more different like growing powers of stat blocks, but really, just I guess more than anything, just look into what these creatures are capable of having under their sway and and play with that. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't think I'd ever use them. The bones are cool, but but you know overall not not that into it yeah i would be uh, if i were to use them i would give the regular neogi eldritch blast like just straight up yeah. just hand it to it just so give there's, them there's no one. range yeah yeah cuz you in my mind you would want something to hold the line yeah you know mm-hmm. but yep yeah, i can see that yeah other than that like i'm i'm very happy with the stat blocks like mm-hmm. they all they all add up. The CR four seems a little low to me with those two fourth level spell slots, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is they, just if, two. Depending on which ones they use, it, you know, they can hit real hard, or they're just getting out. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, those those cantrips aren't no joke either. You know, yeah, vicious mockery, eldritch blast, guidance. Those are all solid utility cantrips. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, they cool. They cool. Thank you with us. Uh, I really hope we did a good job of describing them uh, for our <laughs> audio listeners, because sometimes now that we're in the video <laughs> format, I forget that we have audio listeners. 
Yeah, I didn't really. I, I, I thought about it when I first was doing the notes, and I was like, wow, they, they're spiders with eel necks and heads. That's that's kind of it. Like, that's what they are. That's what they look like. Yep. They're, they're brown, if you want a color, <laughs> uh, like a reddish brown, um, and they're kind of hairy. But that's kind of it. Uh, just hit up the Instagram, I guess. <laughs> hit the Google. It's There's not much yeah, else yeah. to tell. <laughs> yeah, the, the 5e image will drop day and date. So that's uh, Instagram.com backslash encounter dot pod yeah encounter dot yeah. pod uh and if you want to if, if you're not on instagram and you want to find it somewhere else you can find it at facebook.com backslash encounter pod twitter at encounter pod it will be up all over there uh if you want the visual reference and you're an audio listener uh we are dropping video versions of this show now and that that can all be found on youtube.com backslash at encounter pod just just look up Encounter Pod, uh, or you can find all that information on our website, EncounterThis.ca. There's a bunch of links there that will bring you directly to the Encounter This page on the Uncharted North website. And we are obviously a member of uh, the Uncharted North network, where you can find us on Patreon.com backslash Uncharted North. And for five dollars a month, that'll get you a handwritten thank you letter. And for ten dollars a month, you can suggest a creature, and you'll get a get a little little one time discount code to our our uh, I think it's a Teespring shop that we're constantly putting more merch on. There's a Critty Cup, there's a, an Uncharted North uh, Comfort Tea. There's some cool shit up there. I mean, it is it is Teespring, like so you, you know what you're getting. You're getting good yeah. quality <laughs> at at solid prices. Um, if you are listening on a podcast catcher of some sort that has the ability to rate and review, we always, always appreciate those and it takes no time whatsoever. If you are on YouTube, uh, hit that like button. That really does help. And if you're interested in keeping up to date with new and future episodes, there's a, there's a little, little bell right next to that. You hit that once and it will pop up in your notification fees twice and it will never notify you. Um, which is great for people like me, uh, (laughs) means I can stay informed but not not notified which is not forced yeah (laughs) yeah which is just perfect well also in the way the youtube algorithm is built if when you're notified you don't enter the video from those notifications it sort of counts against the video you're watching like if you enter it a different way if you get the notification and you don't enter it through the notification it doesn't really count for whatever reason google has deemed appropriate yeah uh but if you if you like the show and you want to get a hold of us, you know, uh, feel free to hit up that Discord, unchartednorth.com backslash Discord. Uh, that will drop you right into our Discord channel if you have a, if you have have a Discord already. We love talking to our fans. There's a category set up there for Encounter This. There's categories for our other show, Stemming the Tide. And down the road when we add more shows to the network, there will be more shows to that. There's a lot of Tui talk. There's a lot of uh, there was at one point a lot of OGL talk, but yeah. uh, I mean, even if you just play Wordle, like drop in, post up your Wordles. We got a we got a whole Wordle Wordle thing, <laughs> which I avidly avoid. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we all have the channels we avidly avoid, but uh, yeah. you know, pop yeah. in, pop in, tell us your thoughts. We love our favorite thing is is the, the day these drop when we hear stories from our listeners. We got a, yeah, we've got some so great fun. fans in there. And they're always pumping out stories of how they've used the creature, or how they want to use the creature in, up, uh, in upcoming can- campaigns, and that mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is why we do this show. It really is. We we love that shit. Yeah. But I think that's going to do it for today. Uh, I think I vamped long enough at the end there. I really need to get <laughs> tighter at those outros, but I refuse to prescript eh. them. <laughs> <laughs> we're not robots 
We're not we're not Niyogi slaves over here. <laughs> we're masters of our own domains. <laughs> yeah. Whatever yeah, we are. And uh, if if you are a member of the Discord or you pop into the Discord, uh, th- drop into that ET channel and uh, on the episode discussion, post up what you think my creature is going to be for next week. We we mm. may we may do a giveaway. Who knows? It's been a little while since we've done We're the not, giveaway. Yeah, we, we got something. Uh, I'm sure we got something. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we can find something. Uh, but yeah, we will see you again in two weeks for our next most episode. 90 fucking nine. Jesus, bud. Can you can you believe we've almost got a hundred episodes out of this stupid gimmick? <laughs> Seems like we just started yesterday. <laughs> it really does. It really does. So strange. But I love it. I'm excited for 99 and 100, and I'm excited for a hundred more after that. And we hope you are too. Thanks, friends. That's not the right button. <laughs>